0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: It's draft day. We'll look at the Utah Jazz version of Ocean's Eleven. Eleven players, they'll consider why to take them, why to be concerned. Then we'll walk down the mock draft, how we think it's going to all play out, all the rumors and news around the league, and how to watch it as a Jazz fan. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? Welcome to the 2018 NBA Draft Day. I'm David Lock, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and a look behind the curtains. We have finally gotten here. It is. There's a lot of shakeup. Uh, Things have considerably changed in the middle of the draft in the last 48 hours. Uh, One of the points I've been trying to make a lot recently is that I saw the draft as having everybody... I think most people talked about three or four tiers, so you had whoever you thought was one or two. Then they kind of went to nine, and from nine it went to kind of 15, and then 15 it went to 34. What became more and more clear as I looked at it, said this last night with Dave Fox, said this uh, yesterday on The Zone, is I'm not sure I didn't like guys. Well, I'm pretty certain I like guys that were 19 to 25 to 30 more than I liked a lot of guys that are 11 to 17. That is now coming to fruition. Th- those, that group of players has now moved up into 14 down And now this draft really is a 1 through 9, a 9 through 14, and then 14 through 35. And I'll walk you through that coming up here, where the Jazz draft really starts, how to watch the draft tonight from a Jazz point of view. Uh, But the first thing I want to do today is I want to look at the 11 players that I think legitimately the Jazz are going to be looking at, depending on how the draft plays out. That's insanely high number. But when we go through the backside, you'll see why this is. All right, so today's show is brought to you by The Advocates, as well as Murdoch Chevy. I'm driving the Chevy Colorado right now. It is the perfect size truck. I am loving having a truck this summer. It has been just great. All right, so let's get to it. Uh, here are the I'm I'm going to drop two guys that I like from the Jazz 11. I'm dropping Melvin Frazier and I'm dropping Zana Musa. I don't know, the Jazz might draft Musa. Frazier as much as I like him, the more I hear doesn't actually fit Utah. Um, doesn't kind of fit the way we want to play what we do. I do like him. I think he's got great uh second action defensive stuff. I think he'll I think he'll be able to Fit in defensively. If he ever makes corners threes, he's Trevor Reason. Uh, Musa, I like, too, uh, kind of the aggressiveness, the youth. When I took him in the Lockdown Podcast Network mock draft, I I really did it because I was shooting the moon. The more feeling I get as we get closer to the draft, I don't think the Jazz are shooting the moon. So I could be wrong on that, but I'm taking him off the list. So let's walk through 11 players that the Jazz will consider, and then... And most of these guys have breakdowns up at LockedOnJazz.net if you want to read more about them. Garrett and Life did incredible work uh, getting those up for everybody. So, Kevin Herter, Maryland, 6'7", fide shooter, uh, decent handle, crafty footwork to get shots. The reason I would draft him, great release, great depth on his shot, uh, NBA shooter, NBA size, the concern I have on him is pretty little, but it would just be a question of of athleticism, athleticism, defensively how he, he handles, and then he doesn't go to the line, he doesn't rebound a lot, he doesn't have a lot of variations to his game. So that's Kevin Herter out of Maryland. Great catch-and-shoot guy. Averaged 1.16 points per catch-and-shoot. Open threes was 1.4. Decent off-the-bounce game. Really pretty creative, crafty, getting in the lane, getting shots off around the basket. So that's Kevin Herter, Maryland. Grayson Allen Duke. Six-foot-five. Uh, plays both the one and the two very comfortably. Four-year college player. Has been in the midst of... Lot of oh, and actually, I was going to give you where each of these guys fit on the Pelton numbers. Uh, Kevin Herter for Pelton's numbers came out as eighth best prospect. Uh, Grayson Allen, as I said, six foot four uh, combo guard, probably going to be better on the weak side. Never got to play weak side action in college probably going to be better doing that elite level athlete um, experienced four-year college player things reason I would draft him versatility of position explosiveness better NBA player than college player when he doesn't have to be the man and has some space on the floor that he has never had before concerns the weird tripping incidences that everyone doesn't seem to be age he's 22 and a half. And frankly, last year his shot didn't go in. So, you know, really deep analysis on his shot needs to be done. Uh, Kevin Pelton's numbers uh, have Grayson Allen as the twenty-third prospect in this draft. Uh, Aaron Holiday, point guard only, out of UCLA, six foot, good long reach. Reason you draft him, pretty darn good catch-and-shoot guy. Good with his teammates. Had an outstanding junior year after Alonzo Ball left. Bonafide scorer. Reasons of concern, he is really small. He was not a good off-the-bounce player, which might be a size of height, and he was not great on the pick-and-roll as well. Toughness, awareness of the league, You know, with his brothers being in the league, I think, are why you feel comfortable with him. According to Kevin Pelton's numbers, Aaron Holiday is just 72nd on the draft board. Stunning number there on Holiday. It's because of his age, lack of productivity until that age. Dante DiVincenzo, uh, another combo guard. He and Allen are somewhat of a kind of similar type players, both elite level athletes. Uh, The reason you draft him is because great pull-up game, super athlete, bona fide scorer, Uh, defensively you hope he can hang, reason you don't, reason of concern, does he really translate to the NBA? His game in Villanova was just to come off the bench and go to work. Is that a realistic thing? For him to do in the NBA game, how does he adjust in that regard? He's less of a point guard than a two, and he's not particularly big. He did not do great on open catch and shoots last year. He had a great pick and roll game. Uh, One of the best pick and roll, uh, the best pick and roll production, along with Jalen Brunson. And uh, as well, he uh, was very, very good off the bounce. According to Kevin Pelton's numbers, he's 26th on the boards. Jerome Robinson, Boston College third year scorer. That's what he, he's smooth. He's a twenty plus points a game at BC. Came on wasn't a highly recruited guy. Came on the scene late. Uh has been moving on draft boards all over the place. Six foot five, really a two not a one. Had a point guard at Boston College. He played with um Not a great body, not a – so you like him because of his scoring, his ability to get shots off and make shots. His concern, not a great body, not a great athlete, not particularly defensively minded uh, in what he's doing would be the concerns and if the game speeds up on him, whether or not he can actually get those same shots off. But he was one of the best catch-and-shoot guys and the best player off the bounce uh, of players we're talking about in this draft. According to Kevin Pelton's numbers – He's 75th. 75th on the charts. All right, so that's the first five. Herder, Allen, Holiday, DiVincenzo, Robinson. I'll give you the next six coming up, and then we'll walk through the draft, both the SI and the ESPN mock drafts, and where things are, are heading. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Chevy. Chevy's got the the best line of trucks out there wide-ranging and then I'm in the Colorado right now and so I went and kind of asked some people about it and talked to one of the guys down at Murdoch Chevy such such good people uh, Tyson has hired a great crew there about you know so what is it about the Chevy um, that is you know that is so special um, and the answer that I was given, uh, is the new technology of the Colorado? Gas mileage of the Colorado is better. The diesel gets up to 28 miles a gallon compared to the Tacoma that's at 16. You have Apple CarPlay, Android CarPlay in the, in the Colorado. Motor Trend Truck of the Year two years in a row. JD Power's initial quality top five uh, and increasing its market share because of all these things pretty dramatically uh, right now. So, very, you know, and if you want horsepower, uh, the V6 in the Colorado is 308 horsepower compared to the Tacoma V6 is 278. Uh, and the price difference is considerable. So if you're looking for a truck, I drove the Silverado. It's beautiful. It's the luxury truck of all trucks. Now I'm driving the mid midsize Colorado. I find the Colorado, for me, is much more manageable. Maybe that's because I you know, hit the side of the Silverado and some don't tell him about that. Oh, well, he knows. But Anyway, uh, absolutely. It's just because I'm an idiot. Fabulous, fabulous truck. Check it out. And if you go to Murdoch Chevy, you get the Murdoch guarantee of no regrets. Car washes, uh, safety inspections for life, five-day price match guarantee. Go check it out. Murdoch Chevy. Find new roads at Murdoch Chevy in Woods Cross, also in Linden. Make sure you tell Tyson that Locked On Jazz sent you in there they'll they'll well they'll snicker at you because of me and then they'll treat you good stuff
0: life is complicated especially right now you're spending more time inside unable to go to restaurants and that means you're cooking dinner but if you're like me i hate cooking
2: Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains i've tried everything massages chiropractors this at home device handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me and now the all new gen 4 theragun has a proprietary brushless motor it's so quiet it's no louder than an electric toothbrush and best of all you can try theragun risk-free for 30 days there's no substitute for the theragun gen 4 with an oled screen personalized theragun app and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on the name of this network right now and get your gen four theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on theragun.com slash locked on.
1: All right, let's do the next six. Uh, I think the next is the French point guard, six foot three Ellie Okobo has a bit backstory on him is he has kind of risen up the boards recently with this fabulous performance uh, in the French League. He torched Aaron Kraft, who everyone has a lot of respect for, um, with, I think, 44. He's a bona fide scorer. Uh, you like him because he can score. He's got wiggle. He's probably got the most upside of anyone we're talking about here. He's six foot three. He is smooth. I didn't see a lot of passing out of him in the YouTube 2 game. I watched out of him the other day. Uh, he's got good length, good size, is probably more of a two than a one. Your concern, he, he's young, so he has some upside. Your concern on him, that's why you'd take him. The concern would be, you know, not truly a point guard, not a great passer, throws it all over the gym at times, uh, and the translation from the French League to the, to the U.S. game could be a little bit more difficult than you might uh, anticipate. He is 19th on Kevin Pelton's numbers. So that's the second best numbers guy we've had yet behind Herter's eight. Um, DeAnthony Melton. DeAnthony Melton played at USC for one year and then the NCA he got caught in the NCA probe. USC sat him out for the year uh, and he didn't play. 6'3, 195, elite level athlete, uh, absolutely tough defensively. Gets into you has all those intangibles would be a defensive force. He's pretty long. Uh, offensively, looks to have improved from what was a really rough rookie year or freshman year at USC, and will be able to tell you know over time the, the the concern on him is exactly that he just was an awful shooter his freshman year. Uh, was offensively limited. Uh, You love all the athleticisms, the approach, supposedly a super kid, a great leader, Uh, but the concern would be whether or not he ever can kind of make that shot. On Kevin Pelton's uh, numbers, I believe he came out as 10th. So pretty interesting. 10th best guy in Kevin Pelton's numbers. Uh, Next one to look at would be Josh Okoji, who is out of Georgia Tech, he's 6'4 with a 7-foot wingspan. The reason you like him, 7-foot wingspan, elite-level athleticism. Uh, He had a good combine. Georgia Tech wasn't very good. He makes, when you watch him, he makes plays that make you go, wow. Like, oh, wow, NBA player. The concern is... They don't happen a ton. You kind of have to wait a while before you get the next one. Um, he did hit his open shots, his catch and shoots. He was 28 of 62, which is not a lot. He was not very good on the pick and roll uh, or shooting off the bounce. Um, but he did make his catch and shoot shots uh, this year at, at Georgia Tech. Concern on him, he's just so raw. He's 19 and a half you're putting the pieces together there you're molding him uh you're hoping that that flash that he has becomes the cornerstone of a piece he's got that incredible wingspan he's 6-4 um i was trying to look at him i got a little intrigued by him last night uh i was trying to look at him a little bit more and uh the reason i got intrigued by him i'll, I'll show you this draft could do some funky things and suddenly you know he's a legitimate possibility uh, he averaged 18 a game this year, 16 the year before. He averaged two steals. He had six rebounds a game. Those are those are numbers that that translate very well. Uh, one thing I was trying to look at last night was, you know, final 10 games of the year or so. Uh, Georgia Tech was just a mess. I think they lost all but two of them. Did he, you know, so it's hard to tell, did he... Have an uptick in any fashion. Um, he had about over six rebounds in just about every single one of those games. He burst out and had 29 against Duke. He had 20 against Wake Forest. In those final 11 games, he averaged 18.6 rebounds, two assists. He shot uh, only 38% and 36% from three. So there wasn't a big. Donovan had this kind of uptick um, at the end. He also was playing on a bad team pretty young. Um, But he's an interesting prospect. He's you're molding clay uh, with him, according to Kevin Pelton. He's 24th on the list of numbers. Three more guys to look at. Um, I have my personal guy, Mo Wagner. I'm not actually sure anybody else likes him, but evidently it's just my mission in life to keep his name in all discussions. Um, He's a seven foot, six foot and eleven center out of Germany. Played for Michigan last year. Uh, Shot uh, 39% from three each of the last two years. He's a stretch five with no defensive prowess at all. Pretty good athlete and can drive by you and make some plays. Uh, You're going to have to play stretch five with him. Uh, The concern on him is clearly he defensively is not good. Uh, He is 66th on Kevin Pelton's numbers list. Uh, Final two guys uh, one, because you know what, every time I run numbers, he just keeps showing up. Is Jalen Brunson, and if this draft breaks funny tonight, as I will show you here in a little bit, I I think this is a name we got to start talking about again. And here's why: you go to catch and shoot. He was 48 of 100 for 1.4 points per catch and shoot. Landry Shamit, Aaron Holiday were better. That's it. Guarded catch and shoot: 1.45, 1.46 points per shot. Landry Shamit, Aaron Holiday, Josh Koji were better. Nobody else. Open catch and shoot: 1.36. Guys that were better, pretty limited. Off the bounce, shooting, 1.08 points, the best of anyone in this draft class. Pick and roll numbers, 1.1, the best of anyone in this draft class. Suddenly, isolation, the best of anyone other than Kevin Herter in this draft class. Go to a year ago in isolation, he was great. So suddenly, every time you look at a Jalen Brunson number, he's up there in the elite players of the game that are available is he now you you can dismiss him because he's too old and he's not gonna be a great athlete but he's pretty strong he's pretty solid um the concerns on him are what i just said he's not an elite level athlete um he's not he's but he's smart he plays well he wins villanova won a lot with him uh he probably knows exactly what he needs to do. I'm not convinced. My concern on him is I'm not convinced the things he did great in college, some of the post-up and isolation you'll ever do with him in the pro game. And so he's a different player. He's six foot two, 200. His body looks like it's attached to the floor. I'm not sure if it's true. You have to kind of – I'd have to know the truth rather than just what I'm looking at. Um, but, I mean, on effective field goal percentage on pick and rolls, they shot 58.5%. Like, no one else is even close. Um I mean, DiVincenzo in a, about a half a sample size is as good, but that's it. And so maybe you have to t- kind of take a second and uh, and think about Brunson a little bit. On Pelton's numbers, Number he comes out to 45. Um, then the last one I'm going to mention, because on Pelton's numbers he's 13, and because he can just flat out shoot, and because he's only 19 years old, is Gary Trent Jr. Gary Trent Jr. is 6 He's got the pedigree of his dad having played in the league before um he is just a knock down lights out shooter and if you believe that he's got any type of handle in his game he ran 44 pick and rolls to with no success at all Duke was six of thirty seven on pick and rolls he ran. Um, then you have something. He took 169 catch-and-shoots, which was the most of anyone in this draft class other than uh, Mikkel Bridges and Kevin Knox. He was 1.15 points per shot. He knocks them down, uh, and he's just a really, really good shooter. He's not elite in a lot of other levels, and so that's why he's probably the last guy in the 11 I mentioned, but he's also a guy that's probably worth putting on the Jazz 11. So there's your Jazz 11. Herder, Grayson Allen, Aaron Holiday, Dante DiVincenzo, Jerome Robinson, Ellie Okubo, Josh Okoji, DeAndre Mel- Melton, Jalen Brunson, Mo Wagner, Gary Trent Jr. Those are the 11. We'll walk through the draft, how we think it's going to play out, where it starts for Jazz fans viewing as we continue on draft day edition Of Locked On Jazz. Which is brought to you today. By our good friends. Over at The Advocates. Utahadvocates.com. There to help you. In case the day comes. Let's hope the day does not come. Where you need to go to Utah Advocates. But if you get in a car accident. There's some things you should know. One is that a lot of things can go wrong. Whether it's with your employment. Your insurance. Getting taken care of. So you need help in the process. And that's where... Matt, Utah Advocates come in. Over 25 years, they've built a 106-step process to make sure that you get treated well, everything gets taken care of, nothing bad happens to you, and you get a good result. The thing about accidents are that less than 1% go to trial, 3% go to arbitration. So you need someone taking you through the process. You don't know how to get to those spots. They do. Accidents are all different. Emotions are all different. Individuals are all different, and the advocates are aware of that, but the process is the same. So by having this airline airplane checklist of 106 steps they create efficiency which means productivity means communication means expediting the process and then they have experts inside their company doing all of those various tasks so the lawyers can interact with you you call 801-355-5550 that's 801-355-5550 an attorney will call you back in 60 seconds get your system up and running and then you're taken care of in the process
0: The Locked On Podcast Network is home to the number one daily NBA podcast, Locked On NBA. No
1: team that relies on any single player like the Rockets rely on Harden or have historically relied on Harden has ever had any kind of realistic title aspirations. They might already have a window closed on them before it's even actually opened in Orlando. It's just not realistic for a team to rely on a single player there and be able to win a championship.
0: When you want the biggest stories and the best NBA talk before it's old news, listen to the Locked On NBA podcast every day, wherever you get your podcasts
3: the nba restart has its first big injury from our local experts to your ears these are the biggest stories on the locked on podcast network orlando magic forward jonathan isaac suffered a torn acl in his left knee on sunday Listen to Locked On Magic for where Isaac and Orlando goes from here. To the ice. The qualifying series in the NHL are on, and the Minnesota Wild began with a 3-0 win over the Canucks. Joe Bully and Tony Abbott of Locked On Wild have a victory recap, and the Locked On NHL podcast has Western Conference playoff predictions. And finally, as college football conferences around the country try to figure out how they are going to restart, a group of Pac-12 players is demanding safety protocols and threatening to opt out of the season. I would point you to Locked On Big Ten podcast and a very interesting discussion on creative solutions to solve college football's mounting problems. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: There are two mock drafts that are out right now uh, that are good. SI, Di- I don't think the ringer's updated theirs. Uh, Jonathan Giovanni's SI, and then uh, J- Jeremy Wu's SI draft. Let- let's walk through a little bit on each of these two and walk you through as a jazz fan how you view the night.
0: We wish to go where the giant metal objects allow you to move
1: right Now, one through five on these drafts are the same. So one is DeAndre Ayton, two is Marvin Bagley, three is Luka Doncic, four is Jaron Jackson Jr., five is Mo Bamba. Huge trade rumors circulating around. No one's quite sure what Sacramento's doing. Word is they're deciding between Bagley and Porter, not Luka Doncic. Doncic at three to Atlanta. There's rumor. there's discussions that there's a split in that office. Um according to ESPN, Donkic is a favorite of ownership, whereas Jaron Jackson Jr. is other people in the organization. We'll see if that turns out to be true. If ESPN's right on that, it's a pretty interesting moment for the brand new GM if suddenly he's not getting to make his own pick. Um they also might be, you know. Doncic seems to be the number one people thing people are trying to trade up to go get. Boston heavily involved. Six different teams, according to ESPN and the Ringer, are involved in possible making calls to go get either the second, third, or fourth pick. It was clear the Grizzlies were fielding those calls. Suddenly Sacramento and Atlanta started talking about taking Donkich. And so then, with that happening, it changed the landscape of who the calls are going to. Uh, Memphis at four. Listening to trade offers, trying to move Chandler Parsons, Jaron Jackson Jr. is being talked about. There, he's he really might be great. I mean, he might be great, Jaron Jackson Jr. I I don't know if I'm willing to take Chandler Parsons for 25 million, but I have to strongly consider it if I was a team out there. Uh, I don't know that Memphis would be willing to move all the way to 21 if you look at most of the things they're discussing as they're taking back. A not very good contract and not moving back that far. Um, but that's a, and then five Mo Bamba seems to be at five. But so the first part of this draft is gonna be these top five picks. What do the Kings do? And does anyone move in to go get Triple J or Luca? That's that's the first five. The first surprise in the ESPN mock draft is Sheikh Yilgis. Alexander out of Kentucky, six foot six, long, guard, pretty good pick and roll, hasn't worked out for anyone, uh, has been very quiet, and he's picking up huge steam. Uh, in the SI mock draft, they have him at 9. In ESPN, they have him at 6. He's, he's completely junked. Uh, Trey Young in the ESPN mock, he's right with Trey Young, Colin Sexton, who slid in our Lockdown Podcast Network mock draft, actually doesn't seem to be that crazy a concept anymore. Uh, so Shea Kilgis-Alexander is somewhere between 6 and 9. Wendell Carter Jr. is in this point as well. Michael Porter now plays in this area. And then uh, Kevin Knox plays in this area. Mikel Bridges is being kind of zeroed in at 10. ESPN has Trey Young going to at 12. Whereas SI has Trey Young going at 8. Colin Sexton then goes in somewhere in that process. And now... Miles Bridges sits at 14 uh, to Denver. Jer- Jerome Robinson, according to the ESPN mock draft, and, and I think this is um, this is somewhat true, is being talked about now uh, as 13th to the Clippers. So there's of our, of our jazz 11, uh, there's the first one that goes off the board. Um, with him not with that. The um, I was checking. Mikkel Bridges is 10 on the SI. Knox is at 11. Robert Williams, Colin Sexton, 12-13. According to the SI draft, Jerome Robinson is still on the board at this point. The, from a jazz standpoint, this draft really starts... If, I, if you're watching at 14. And this is where I think you now at 14 put down the Jazz I, uh, 11. It's really 10 because I have Mo Wagner on there. But you put down the Jazz Ocean 11. If you're watching, Herter, Allen, Holiday, DiVincenzo, Robinson, Trent Jr., Melton, Okobo, Okoji, Brunson, and I have Wagner down there. And... You start that at 14. Someone has got to be available by math at 21. One of them, according to ESPN, Jerome Robinson, could be off the board by 14. Now you're down. Now now this is what gets interesting. Now you're down to like 9 and 7. Like someone's going to be there, but the picks could get slim. And that's really the major shift that's happened here in the draft in the last 48 hours is a bunch of guys on the jazz list keep moving up the board. Or at least what we've made is the Jazz List. I don't know that it actually is the Jazz List. It's just what I call it, the Jazz List. So, let's walk it for a second. 14 is Miles Bridges. This is where you've now built your list. Lonnie Walker is at 15 out of Miami, Florida's guard. But, according to SI.com, multiple league sources, a number of teams have flagged Walker's medical, making him likely to slip toward the back of the lottery or out of it. Um, So... Keep an eye on that. Walker could have cement shoes. I don't think he can get past 18. Um, but anytime someone like and I don't know what where he stands on the Jazz from a medical standpoint, whether we suddenly want him to get to 21 or not. Um, pretty talented kid, 19, pretty raw. I, I actually, this is one of the kids. My signature on this draft is that the guys that are being drafted between Nine and 17, they're supposedly better than the guys being drafted between 18 and 35. I actually, I'm not there. Like, I I haven't watched like everybody else, but I'm not there. You know, so Lonnie Walker's this great athlete, looks pretty good. He went 18 of 70 on shots off the bounce last year. 18 of 70. Like, that's concerning for a guy I'm drafting that early. Uh, Mikel Bridges, a lot of people love. I, I just haven't seen a lot of his game. I think there should there be more to it for 10. Maybe it's just because I'm putting them as a high. I love Miles Bridges. let will see if I'm wrong. All right, so Walkers at 15. Both mock drafts have Aaron Holiday at 16. I was listening to Locked On Suns yesterday. That does seem to be the consensus in Phoenix that the second pick is Aaron Holiday. Another one off the Jazz. 11. Boom. According to... SI, that's where they have Jerome Robinson going seventeen. So Robinson in one draft is at thirteen, the other draft is at seventeen. If these things are pretty accurate, that means that Robinson's so Robinson and Holiday in both mock drafts are now off your off your list. ESPN has Dante DiVincenzo going at seventeen. SI has him going at twenty. Word is he's not getting by Minnesota at twenty. Check him off the list. Now, what's interesting here is Kevin Herter hasn't gone yet. Pretty pretty good player to not, not having gone. He was on this meteoric rise. Hasn't quite gone yet. So we're past 17. We get to 18, which is the Spurs. And that's where SI has Kevin Herter going. ESPN has Herter going at 20 to Minnesota because DiVincenzo went earlier. Knock another one off the list. So now all of a sudden, Herter, Holiday, DiVincenzo, Robinson, all knocked off the list. Players' names that should go in this area, that are suddenly not going in this area, Troy Brown out of Oregon is sliding seemingly down to the Jazz and maybe past the Jazz. Not stunned by that. He's not a super athlete, he's not a super shooter. Not stunned by that. Zaire Smith, who was floating up around 12, is now suddenly working his way back down. He's a pretty hard player to kind of figure out. They have SI has him at 19, or ESPN has him at 19. SI has him at uh, at 19 as well. Colin Sexton should go in here. Point guard out of... Alabama. All right. He's at 13 on the Clippers board. I mean, that's a name that, if, depending if you think we... I mean, I don't know. If Colin Sexton drops, I guess we're probably grabbing him. Um, probably probably too good not to grab. But he starts to slip a little bit, particularly if you have... Depending where you have, Holiday and some other things like that, or he, or he moves up the board. So now you have... That's how you're watching this thing. Uh... And we'll see what what takes place. The scenario here is, from looking at the ESPN draft, so Bridges at 14, Lonnie Walker goes 15, Holiday 16, check one off. DiVincenzo 17, check one off. Robert Williams, Texas A&M Center. We don't really need him. Probably want to hear his name called. It's really not a guy that we're looking at like we need, but maybe too good to pass up. Zaire Smith is another name I think we want to hear called. Herder at twenty. Then the Jazz. So then, I'll, if that's the scenario, you have you're now looking at Okubo, Koji, Melton, Grayson Allen, Brunson, Trent Jr., Wagner. And you're deciding if one of these other guys, Zaire Smith, slides a little bit more. Something's wrong with Robert Williams, who didn't do all some workouts. Lonnie Walker's medical that SI reporting is that significant. Something weird happens where Shea Gilgis Alexander doesn't go that early, so Trey Young pushes back, so Colin Sexton pushes back. So Aaron... then you could, in theory, have another one of those guys, either Okubo or Allen, going before the Jazz on the SI mock draft. They have Devin Chengel going 20 and us taking Okubo, the French guard. ESPN has us taking Grayson Allen. So that's how to watch it. It starts for the Jazz around 15, seemingly after Miles Bridges goes 14. Seemingly also nothing else crazy has happened at that point. But it does feel like that's by the time you hit 14, both Bridges are gone. Sexton, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Trey Young are all gone. And the primary guys are all gone. And then we start this thing. Then you make your list, your Jazz personal list. And we see where it goes. My final five is probably Herter, Allen, DiVincenzo, Robinson, Okubo, or I hold my love affair with Mo Wagner for one more day. That is Locked On Jazz. Enjoy the draft. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Have a great one. Get the latest at lockedonjazz.net and lockedonsports.com on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.